And I'd like to welcome you to the Department of Defense Bloggers Roundtable for Friday, November 16th, 2012. My name is William Selby with the Office of the Secretary of Defense Public Affairs, and I'll be moderating our call today. Uh, today, we are honored to have as our guest, Meg O'Grady, Director of the Military Spouse Employment Partnership, and Dr. Kathy Flynn, who's Program Analyst with Military Community and Family Policy. A note to the bloggers on the line, please remember to clearly state your name and or organization in advance of your question. Respect our guest's time keeping questions succinct and to the point. And if you are not asking a question, we ask that you please place your phone on mute. With that, Commander Hallride, if you have the, uh, your opening statement, you can go, with it. go ahead with that. Okay, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. And to our uh, blogger colleagues on the phone, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to join us today. I will tell you that your audience is very important to us, and we appreciate your effort to help us communicate to them some of the, the key initiatives that the department is doing specifically related to spouses. As you guys may know, November is uh, Military Family Month, and our, in, our families are extremely important to our mission accomplishment. Those of us in uniform cannot do what we do without the full support and commitment and sacrifice of our families. So they are critical to, to our mission accomplishment and our readiness. And I can tell you that this department places a lot of emphasis on our families, not just one month out of the year, but always. We have always and we continue to look for ways that we can support our spouses. And so our guests today are here to just highlight a couple of things that are happening in November, month of the, or Military Family Month, but uh, that are important to our spouses. And one is uh, Dr. Flynn is going to talk about our military or our spouse survey. And this is incredibly important to us because the feedback that we get from this is going to inform our efforts and our programs. So it, it's critical that you are kind of our conduit to those respondents. So we're going to start our discussion off with Dr. Flynn, and then Ms. O'Grady is going to talk about uh, some of the initiatives just this week related to our spouse employment partnership and, and some of the exciting things happening there. So enough of Leslie Holrod. I'm going to put Dr. Flynn on the phone. She's going to make, I think, just a couple of opening comments, and then she'll take your questions. And what we'll do, gang, just because I'm a simple-minded gal from Asheville, North Carolina, we're going to give Dr. Flynn some time, take the questions related to her, and then we'll do Ms. O'Grady uh, so that I'm not confused on who we're talking to about what. So, Dr. Flynn. Okay. Good morning. This is Kathy Flynn. And I just want to briefly speak to you about the Active Duty Spouse Survey. The 2012 Active Duty Spouse Survey will launch on November 19th. And by launch, I mean that the mailing will go out to invite the spouses who have been selected to participate. About 65,000 spouses will receive an invitation. They were selected randomly to represent the entire spouse population. So while only one in 10 will be invited to participate, they represent nine other spouses. And that's why it's really important that they 
should they be selected to participate, that people take that opportunity and do so. Um, I think it's really important for spouses to understand while there are other surveys out there, they're both service level surveys by the different services, as well as surveys by different advocacy groups, this is really the only DOD-wide survey that is scientifically based and is used for decision-making at the DOD level. Um, the topics covered include many areas of military life. We focus on what we've learned in previous surveys and from other communications, what are important issues for spouses. So, for example, there are questions around PCS moves, the impact of deployment, the issues with married life, um, program usage, both military and community programs, as uh, well as questions around financial well-being and other well-being issues. I think I will end there and let me see if you have any questions. And Tom, you were first on the line, so go ahead with Sure. Uh, thank you very much, ma'am, for your time today. Uh, I have a blog that uh, I talk about military benefits and those quite quite a bit. And uh, uh, specifically on one of my BAH pages that we talked about, that I actually published last year when the bu budget was released, I've been getting a lot of banter back and forth between people on active duty and the spouses about, oh, just go find a job, get this. And it's getting kind of uh, nasty, actually. I'm going to don't know how I'm going to moderate that to make it better, but the question I guess that I have is what kind of trends over time have we seen through the surveys and what what is some tangible reactionary things that we have done um, as a military to make things better from the spouse's perspective? Thank you. One clear trend we've seen is an increase in the unemployment rate among spouses. We've been doing this current iteration of the survey since 2006, and it's done every other year. So from 2006, 2008, 2010, we have seen an increase in the unemployment rate. In 2010, we measured the unemployment rate at 26% for active duty military spouses. So in, in response to that, the department has been very concerned about education and employment initiatives, and I think Meg will ably cover that in the second piece, but that's really one place we have seen a direct policy or program linkage between the data we collect and, and departmental response. Okay. Okay. And I'm trying to, we always focus on the negative trends. I think one of the positive things we are also seeing is there was a concern around issues we often see in the media around divorce, and so we have looked at um, marital satisfaction. And while it's not a trend, we were able to look at the civilian, there are civilian recording of uh, the same measure of marital satisfaction, and the military population had a slightly better level of marital satisfaction. So we, we knew that, we learned that we're not worse off than our civilian counterparts. In fact, we're a little bit better off. And while it may still be an issue of concern, it was not something that was extreme in the military. And I hate to follow up real quick here, but uh, is there a report that was released in 2010 that defines some of these to uh, topics, and will there be one in released for the next survey that comes out? Thank you. There are There is a briefing located right now on the uh, website Military, Military One Source, 
and the report, there is both a briefing and a couple of uh, survey notes related to this project and the spouse surveys. And oh, in that, you, you could learn a little bit more about the education trends as well as financial health, um, some of the issues of stress and the usage of counseling, for example. Those, that type of information can be found on the website. We're also, I'm also happy to provide it to you as a direct source. Oh, that would be great if I could have uh, maybe uh, Mr. Selby forward that to me. It would be great. Yes, I can get that for you, Tom. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. And somebody else joined uh, during that question. Can I get your name, please? Sorry to interrupt. This is just Lieutenant Walker checking in. And um, we are, there was a question from Twitter that I sent to Mr. Selby that we'll get to later. And we'll also get that report and load it up with the uh, blog post that will go up and feature this entire product. Thank you, ma'am. And Phyllis, you were next. Phyllis Zimbler-Miller, this is Lieutenant at blogspot.com. I have three teeny little questions. I'd like to know how many questions are in the survey. Is it paper or electronic? I don't understand. You mean the results will not be released publicly of this survey? And I want to know whether you ask PTSD questions on the survey. All right, to start with your first question, there are, are it varies a little bit on, it is approximately 120 questions. It varies a little bit on whether you fit into some groups, you might have a few fewer or a few more questions, depending on how you respond to any one question. For approximately 119 questions, we estimate that it takes about 20 to 30 minutes to do the question, to do the survey. It is issued first with an invitation that has a website where you can go and take the survey electronically. The follow-on letters to remind the uh, participants who are invited at some point, they are sent a paper survey so that they can respond by paper if that's their preference. The data is released to the extent we have results released on our website, Military One Source, and are also um, a public use data set is made available by the Defense Manpower Data Center, DMDC. Um, at some point, probably we first see results about six months after the survey closes. We expect this survey to close at the end of February. 2013. PTSD questions, we do ask a question in the deployment and the integration section about whether a service member has come back um, different, and, 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 and there are less different ways, which would include some things that typically would be considered PTSD. Could you repeat that, please? I could not hear the answer. Which part? The entire? The PTSD part. Oh, the PTSD, yes, the PTSD. There are questions in the deployment and reintegration section which do re reference how a service member might be different after a deployment. And it would include questions which reference similar, but there is not a diagnostic PTSD measure. Thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, before we go to the Twitter question, Tom, did you have a uh, follow-up? Uh, not right now, I don't, thank you. Okay, and Phyllis, did you have any more follow-ups on that? Um, can I, well, I just want to ask, are there any surveys that try and find out about PTSD that are separate surveys? There are surveys that are conducted by Health Affairs. You know what, ma'am? This is Leslie Holrod. I have a colleague who sits right next to me who uh, handles the um, Health Affairs account, which includes PTSD. And so if you can send me uh, your question, I will forward that to my colleague who is more knowledgeable on that particular issue. 
Excellent. Thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, the question from Twitter is, where is the best place to find companies who will hire military spouses? That's probably going to be addressed by Ms. O'Grady when she talks about the military spouse employment partnership. Okay. So, so can we uh, hold that until we're finished with our survey discussion? Yes, ma'am. Uh, unless we're finished with our survey discussion. Does anybody else, uh, Tom or or Phyllis, did you have any more follow-ups on I that part? just want to confirm one thing. You said it's 65, approximately 65,000 spouses that will be um, petitioned to respond to the survey. Um, and they're going to be receiving an email, or is it going to be a letter in the mail, or how do they get that information that they're going to be able to participate? I'm, I missed that part. They will get an, a letter that will be mailed on Monday, November 19th. Okay. And that will invite them to participate. They'll get also get follow-on letters as well. And it really, I can't <laughs> I can't stress enough how much that this information helps us here at the department. If we hear from spouses about what their lives are like, what their needs are, how they are responding to the different stresses and the different benefits that they receive from the department, it allows us to really focus our efforts. And it, it means that we're not guessing at what they might need or what they are experiencing, but actually have hard scientific data. And so anything that you can do to encourage their response. And I, and I also want to circle back how the survey results were used directly in program and policy development with the military spouse and education program. So it, it is critical, and I think they also need to understand that they are representing not only not only themselves, but they've been selected to represent essentially ten spouses, and when they're asked to participate. Right. In past years, of the approximately sixty-five thousand that were asked, what kind of what kind of response rate did you actually get? We usually get a weighted response rate of approximately thirty percent. Yeah, we need to help you increase that. Please, that would be wonderful. That's why we're having this conversation. Oh, I understand. <laughs> I know you're getting all kinds of feedback, man. <laughs> and, and, and can I say, we particularly struggle to get representation from our enlisted spouses. So if you have any strategies for how to encourage them, that would be really important. Can I ask a question about that? Sure. Are the enlisted Spouses um, fearful of, I mean, you know it's, it's um, anonymous surveys, but are they still fearful that it can be tracked, et cetera, et cetera? I really wouldn't, I don't know. I wouldn't want to speculate. Only so thing I can say is that when we do send out the paper survey, we usually get a bump even in the web response. So I think sometimes when people see what the full suite of questions that we're asking, they get engaged with the topic and they understand that this is actually of interest to them, and it's, it, they want to give us their input. So we, we usually benefit from them seeing the survey. Yeah, I don't think my wife would have had any problem answering questions. <laughs> Nor would my husband. <laughs> well, hopefully they'll get one. One other question. Have you ever thought of bribes of, like, getting Starbucks to give everyone who answers the survey a free, you know, drink coupon or something? I'm really big on encouraging people to do what you want. Right. We have absolutely thought of that. We are not able to do that. There are laws and regulations that kind of <laughs> no. govern some of the things we do. <laughs> right. But, 
to that point, it, it not only encouraged, but also I think it's, it, it also gives it, it's a gesture of respecting that this did take some of your time and we value your time. So, but we can't do that. We are really left with uh, weighing on their, you know, interests or responsibility or um, the fact that they have issues that they want to share all the way up to the Department of Defense. I, this is Leslie Holrod. I would submit that that the incentive here, as as we're going to learn when we talk to Ms. O'Grady, the incentive is the department responds and and implements policies based on this feedback. So the incentive is they are agents of change. Well, I do know that a lot of the mail we get, we end up throwing right in the trash without opening it. Um, because most of the mail we get through is, is some kind of spam mail. Is there anything on the outside of the envelope that says, hey, Navy wife or Army wife or whatever, open this. This is really important to you. This is from the government, blah, blah, you know, something to set that letter apart from the other stuff that I'm going to be getting. We're laughing here. I wish there were. <laughs> it's, going to, it's, it's probably going to look like official mail. We We have tried to make a logo. Uh, that's a little more family friendly. We, but we are constrained, and, and our letterhead is—it's the Department uh, yeah, of Defense. It's not so uh, flashy. So it's it's just a basic letter, and uh, or as far as the outside is concerned, right. um, the the survey, I guess the letter itself. The, is there a generic one that uh, you can send a PDF of out with no names, obviously, on it that I can maybe make a picture of, put it on my site, saying when you get this, fill it out. I or will, answer respond. I think that's a fabulous idea. I will contact um, the Defense Manpower Data Center, who has the correspondence, and get. If you'll get that to me, then yep. I'll see how we can get that back to Mr. Selby, who then can get it to all the, the great. folks. Yeah, that would be great. Thanks for that. And somebody else joined uh, during that question. Is can I get your name? So, sorry, it's Wendy pulling my military life. Hey, Wendy. And we were, uh, well, actually, if you would, did you have any questions? Well, those have already been covered. Um, I think, ma'am, were you ready to move on to Meg O'Grady? Well, before we do that, just one quick thing. If Wendy wants to ask anything on the survey, uh, I want to give her the opportunity to. Um, are you, are you going to put out a transcript of this so that? No, ma'am, but we will have the audio file up. Okay, great, so that Wendy can, can uh, go back and reference that. Yes. Okay. Wendy, before we move on, do you have any questions uh, joining us with regard to the survey? Uh, no, ma'am, not at this time. Okay, super. Okay, then before we move on, I just want to give Dr. Flynn the opportunity to make one final closing statement um, so that, uh, you know, and I have a feeling she's going to underscore the fact that, as Tom has said, you know, we need to reach and, and help communicate to uh, to your audiences, uh, you know, their feedback is valuable. And while they're sharing the feedback with you, we would love for them to share it with us as well. But Dr. Flynn, do you have just a statement or two in closing? I, I just can't stress how much we need you. We're sitting in this gray, boring building <laughs> with without access to real people. And I need the information from the real people to be able to do my job well and to represent these spouses up to leadership. I don't want to have to rely on hearsay or what people think. I want to know what the spouses think, and I'm relying on you to help us do that. Thank you. Okay. 
Thank you, Dr. Flynn. With that, um, I'm going to turn the discussion over to Ms. O'Grady, who can share with us some of the Spouse Employment Partnership initiatives um, just this week and, and kind of where we are and where we're going. Thank you, Commander Hallride. Um, well, good morning, everyone. Um, I am very pleased to tell you today that um, this was a wonderful week for the Military Spouse Employment Partnership. On the 14th of November at the Washington Navy Yard, we were very excited to welcome 32 new partners to the Military Spouse Employment Partnership, which brings us to over 160 Military Spouse Employment Partnership organizations that are available um, to offer career opportunities to our military spouses. Um, at that event, uh, Congressman Bishop, uh, the chair of the, the co-chair of the Military Caucus, uh, spoke to our partners, our MSEP partner executives and um, DOD officials and military spouses and talked about the importance of providing opportunities for our military spouses and families. And Mrs. Loray Ferguson, the spouse of the Vice Chairman of uh, Naval Operations, also spoke from the uh, perspective of a military spouse and provided some, some wonderful comments about uh, her experiences going through uh, her service member's career. As well, we had one of our partners, the Navy Federal, um, I'm sorry, Navy Federal Credit Union, um, John Duffy, who is one of the executives there, brought one of the military spouses who's been very successful with his company, um, Rhiannon Suarez, and she was able to really talk about how the Military Spouse Employment Partnership has been um, instrumental in her life. She actually came to the Navy Federal Credit Union from one of our other MSEP partners, um, Wittenberg Weiner Consulting Firm. So it was a really great opportunity for us to show all of the progress that we've made since June of 2011. So we're still such a very young program and um, just making fast progress and continuing to expand opportunities for military spouses in the career and education arena. Thank you very much, ma'am. And uh, let's go ahead and start with Tom. Oh, yes, ma'am. Thank you for the opportunity here also. On, uh, I remember the first phone call, at least I was part of, it must, it probably was a year ago when we t started talking about this program, maybe a little over. And uh, we have, how many, I, I can see the website and how many spouses are, are being employed and how many active jobs are available and so on. How are we reaching the spouses today to let them know that this program exists? That's a great question, Tom. We, um, you're, you're right. We have actually we have posted over 800,000 jobs on the MSEP portal since February of 2012, and we, through the partnership, have hired over 32,000 military spouses um, since June of 2011. And so the MSEP portal, where we post the jobs, is one point of access for military spouses. What we have found is that there are multiple points of access for our military spouses. We know that military spouses are well-educated and very well-networked, and so they access the MSEP partners through a variety of ways, um, one of which is the MSEP portal. The other ways that they can find our partners are directly through our partners' um, career sites. They meet our partners out in public when our partners um, go to our Hiring Our Heroes career fairs through our partner, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. At the Hiring Our Heroes career fairs, we have not only an opportunity for military spouses to meet our partners, but they also have an opportunity to take workshops about interview skills and resources and mentoring and networking. So if those military spouses go to those career fairs, 
they not only have the opportunity to walk away with a job, but they also have an opportunity to walk away with additional tools and resources in their toolbox that they take with them as they pursue their, their growth and their career path through their service member's career. So uh, it's, it's basically done through a networking process, through career fairs, those types of things. Have we done any kind of a mailing, a general just we're kicking off this program and yep. notify all 600,000 spouses or... So we, we haven't done um, a, a direct mailing per se. We have actually, we do have many military spouses who visit our social media, uh, our Facebook page, um, Twitter account. Um, we've been on Instagram with um, information about MSEP as well. We just put out our, new, our newsletter, our very first inaugural newsletter that will be coming out quarterly that's available not only through direct mail for folks who are subscribed, excuse me, subscribed um, to our military community family policy uh, list, but it's also going to be available on Military OneSource at our SECO Career Center, as well as um, the Military um, OneSource homepage. We also have um, a great network of military spouses and partners who can meet on our LinkedIn accounts. So we're, um, we've seen some great discussion through LinkedIn, as well as the possibility of military spouses going into our e-mentoring platform, which is MilSpouse eMentor. Okay. And Thank you. <clears throat> sorry, Phyllis, you're up. Hi. Did you just say I'm up again? Yes. Sorry about that. Yep. Okay. So as a former military spouse 40 years ago was discriminated against trying to get a job, I have two questions. One is, could you just tell me like two sentences how finally this program came into existence? And second, how do you deal with employers who say, yes, but the spouse will only be here a year or two, and we want to hire someone who we know will be here, can be here for many more years? Um, Phyllis, I, I think I, I may have missed the, first, the very first part of your question. I think it, it was about how did the program come into being? That is a <laughs> well, that, that is a wonderful question. Having been a military spouse myself, I, I can understand 20 years later um, where we are as well, so I, I can relate to that. This is, um, that was a wonderful question. As we have Dr. Flynn here talking about the military spouse, the active duty military spouse survey, our programs and development of, of this program in particular was based on data that we collected through the active duty military spouse survey. So we look at the needs of military spouses through that mechanism and then assess what types of programming and resources need to, need to be um, developed in order to meet the needs of our military spouses. So again, I can't stress enough the importance of um, re the return on the survey because that's the way that we're able to really scientifically assess the needs of our military spouses. You know, as well, we have the voice of the military spouse coming in so many different ways, and um, the social media, um, forums, blogs, all of what we're doing here today is vitally important for us to not only reach the military spouses, but to get their feedback in order to um, continue to tweak and develop those programs that are already available to them. So that's really key to our efforts. And um, we, we never give up on, on exploring new and different and more effective ways to communicate with our military spouses. So I know that was the first part of your question, and I'm sorry, I think I may have lost the second part in, in answering this. Okay. But I want to okay. clarify. So it is right. correct to say 
that this program came about because of feedback from military spouses on such important tools as the surveys, right? That's Absolutely. Absolutely. And how, I, one question about the surveys. When did the surveys first start? I'm going to let um, Kathy Flynn answer that question. Okay, but then I don't, my second part of the question was, how do you deal with um, companies that say the spouse can only be, you know, may only be here for a year or two before being sent somewhere else? I mean, you know, the military personnel. How do you deal with those questions? How do you teach the spouses to deal with those employment questions? Okay, I'm going to let Kathy uh, answer the question about the survey, and then I can get to the second part for you. Very quickly, this series of the active duty spouse survey began in 2006. So this will just be the second one, is that correct? This will be the third, or this will be the fourth. It was 2006, 2008, 2010, and now we're launching 2012. So we're actually in the fourth iteration. Okay. Thank you. Now, about doing it, I Okay, Phyllis. Um, so this is Meg again. Um, it, that is a wonderful question, and there's, there's a couple different things. Um, there's a couple different things that we're doing in order to address um, the challenges that military spouses have when they seek employment. And one of those is really a communication and education effort. And the, the education is... Um, Key not only to our military spouses to let them know that we have more than 160 organizations that recognize their value and what they bring to a business and that they are um, flexible, adaptable, and so we want them to know that we have actively sought out these 160 companies who are ready and available to accept them as part of their talent pool and not only keep them for a year or three years, but create opportunities for them to take that career or job with them as they move. And that may mean that a, a military spouse can transfer from one part of their organization to another as they relocate, but often it means that the military spouse has been in a position that's been created for them to be able to work from home or to be able to work virtually. It also could mean that whether if a partner didn't have a position perhaps where that military spouse was going to relocate, that they would reach back into the network of partners that we have to say, I have a very talented military spouse who will be a wonderful resource for you. And often, just like uh, Rhiannon Suarez at the Navy Federal Credit Union, often they'll find a position with another partner um, who has flexible, virtual, or um, relocatable work for them. So it's really important to recognize that the partnership is not only 160 separate organizations who are offering careers, but it's 160 organizations who have come together in a network in order to provide multiple opportunities for military spouses. And just to add on, um, you know, talking about the voice of the military spouse um, in relation to the partnership, we have many of our MSEP partners who are actually military advocacy organizations, and that's a very, very important part of our partnership. In fact, we have National Military Family Association, we have Military Officers Association of America, we have um, AUSA, and we have just introduced um, in this induction ceremony on the 14th, Blue Star Families. And so we find that those partners are incredibly important to us, not only to provide advocacy and resources for military spouses, but to provide back to us at the Department of Defense a voice of a military spouse. Thank you. Okay, and Wendy, did you have a question? 
Uh, yes, I did, and I apologize if this was asked earlier on the call. Um, who, is, who is eligible um, besides active spouse or a reserve or guard veteran or retiree spouses eligible? Military, um, active duty military spouses from all services are eligible as, uh, as well as National Guard and Reserve. Um, currently, um, spouses of veterans are not eligible for the actual MSEP program. However, we are able to assist those spouses through our partnership with the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and they're hiring our HEROES initiative, which is for active military spouses, veterans, and their families. Okay, great. Thanks. I have one follow-up, if I may. Sure. Yeah, sure. Uh, what is the biggest challenge that you guys are facing right now? Uh, I would say that the biggest challenge that we're facing right now is is continuing to let military, continuing to get the word to military spouses about the great resources and support that is available to them. Like I had said, you know, this this forum is a wonderful way for us to reach military spouses. Um, we continue to look for um, more, better, and effective ways to reach military spouses. One of our newest initiatives is the Spouse Ambassador Program, in which we are accessing military spouses in this situation, those who are in a career, those who are looking for a career, and we're looking for them all over, um, anywhere that there is a military com community, we'd like to access a spouse ambassador to help spread the word because we know that military spouses are one of the most well-networked groups, um, really just about anywhere. And so we continue to look for better ways to get the word out to our military spouses. and. Um, it, it continues to be a challenge because we add new ones every year, and so we really look to um, not only our social media and our traditional communications, but we look to military spouses themselves. And we do ask our partners to really ensure that they talk about the fact that they are an MSEP partner and that they have made a commitment um, to our military spouses. And, and they're aware of the commitment that they've made. I will tell you that um, at one of our partner meetings in which we bring our partners together to help us evolve the program, to help uh, provide us with feedback on how this program should go. At one of those meetings, we had one of our uh, enduring partners turn to a brand new partner and say, you know, this isn't just a pin that you put on your lapel, they're actually asking you to do something. And so it's, it's important to us that our partners are aware of the commitment that they have made and um, that they're aware of the unique um, situations and challenges that military spouses may have, but they recognize the value of those military spouses and they recognize some of those hard-to-find work values that military spouses bring and um, it, for that reason they're committed. It's, it's great for their bottom line, it's great for their business. Thank you very much and uh, I think we're, uh, has everybody asked their questions? I have. Phyllis, did you have any follow-up? We also just want to check that uh, the launch of the, this program was in June 2011, and what is the official name of the survey? Um, so the Military Spouse Employment Partnership was launched by Dr. Biden uh, in June of 2011, and then I'll let Kathy answer the official name of the survey. The official name of the survey is the 2012 Active Duty Spouse Survey. Active duty, spouse. active duty Spouse Survey. And I just, as a sidebar, want to note that while I'm here to talk about the Active Duty Spouse Survey, we actually do a similar program with the Reserve and Guard Spouse Survey. 
that survey goes out every other year, so they alternate. Okay, so on the off year, a survey goes out to the spouses of uh, National Guard and Reserve. Is that correct? Correct. Thank you. And Wendy, did you have any follow-ups? Um, I will do a follow-up regarding the survey. Um, what is your position on the Blue Star Family Military Lifestyle Survey? That, that survey, I think, absolutely has a unique role in raising issues to leadership. The issue is for us is that we need scientific data collected from a random sample of spouses when we are talking about making policy and program decisions. Okay. I just wanted your position on that. We've been asked to promote it. and. I didn't know if it was an officially approved survey by the DOD. The official one from the department, this is Leslie Holrod, the official one from the Department of Defense is the one that Dr. Flynn is discussing today. Okay. Thank you, ma'am. Okay. And uh, with that, ma'am, if, uh, if you'd like to um, get a closing, Ms. O'Grady, if you'd like to have a closing statement, you can go ahead with that now. Sure, thank you. Well, I, I just want to thank all of you for your continued support in getting the word out to our military spouses, both about the survey and about all of the family programs, um, in particular the Military Spouse Employment Partnership. Um, we continue to um, receive feedback, expand and enhance the career and education opportunities that we have for military spouses. It really is a true partnership. Um, uh, we thank the 160 uh, organizations who have committed to hiring military spouses and providing them with opportunities. And uh, again, I would, encourage, um, I would encourage any military spouse who receives the survey to please um, complete that survey because that allows us to really hear their voice and plan for their needs and continue to provide um, great opportunities for them as military spouses. So thank you very much. Ms. O'Grady, actually, uh, before I did forget uh, we had the Twitter question earlier. Uh, could you answer that real quick for me? Sure. Can you refresh my memory? Yes, ma'am. It was, where is the best place to find companies who will hire uh, military spouses? So I would say that um, the, the very best place to find companies in the Military Spouse Employment Partnership would be at the MSEP portal, which is at msepjobs.militaryonesource.mil. And each of our partners has a page on that uh, website where you can visit and find out a little bit more about each organization, as well as a logo. Um, there's a logo banner at the bottom of the main homepage. There's a great search engine, and as I said, over 800,000 jobs have been posted. So we encourage you to visit the msepjobs.militaryonesource.mil. Thank you very much for that. And uh, Commander Hallright, did you have any uh, closing comments, ma'am? Well, just a couple of things that clearly all of us here today, whether we're in the Pentagon or those of you uh, in, in the blogger world, are committed to spouses. And we know, uh, I would say, if, if I were to sum up our discussion here today, there would be three things. One, the importance of our military spouses. Number two, that the feedback uh, and the input and the perspectives from our military spouses is extremely important. I mean, we've had a, an example here today of the cause and effect of that feedback. And number three is the communication that is critical. And, and I'll just warn you all, I'm going to, through, through my friend Mr. Selby, I'm going to be reaching out to you again. 
to reach your target audiences because the initiatives that the department are doing uh, are all about our families and we uh, appreciate you partnering with us to, to help communicate that. And as you guys, whether it's you know what we've discussed here today or going forward, ha get questions, you got my name and number, bring it on. <laughs> thank you very much, ma'am. And once again, thank you to everybody who participated in today's call, the, the speakers and the bloggers. Uh, as I stated earlier, you'll be able to uh, listen to a au the audio from this roundtable, which will be up on DoD Live later this afternoon, um, if, and also other source documents with that. Uh, thank you again, everybody. This concludes today's event. Feel free to disconnect at this time.